Hello there, freaks, geeks, maniacs, psychopaths, deviants, sadists, and fiends. Welcome to Pure Fandom's Blood Garage. I'm Brad. And I'm Sarah. So, Sarah, this is the first time we have done a podcast together, but I know you love this show as much as I do. I'm completely addicted to this show. Kind of like just it's out of this world. Addicted, kind of like Smacks Candy addicted is one of those. You know, it's funny. I actually got really didn't even think that that was that important. You know, I know we had that one episode that was focused on it. But when that Twitter account for Smacks Candy was made, it made me laugh so many times that now every time I make a blood drive reference on Twitter, I have to include Smacks Candy. Well, you can't go wrong with Smacks Candy. I mean, it's so tasteful and delicious. I just keep wanting more of it myself. Sure, and with only some minor homicidal tendencies as a side effect, you can't really go wrong. No, you can't go wrong with that. What's wrong with homicidal tendencies? It's all fine. For those of you who are just tuning in for Blood Drive, before we get to that chat, just wanted to let you know to check us out over at purefandom.com. If there's a show or movie that you love, someone over there is writing something amazing about it. Speaking of writing, I have a written recap of Blood Drive that I have been doing since the show started, except for that recap that Sarah filled in for me on. And I also have a Brad and Court podcast, which I'm the other half of that one. So we do a bunch of sci-fi shows on that as well. Currently, we're covering Winona Earp. So, Sarah, what do you cover on Pure Fandom? Um, generally, I cover iZombie, but since that it's over for season three, but returning for a season four, I was able to nab an awesome offer to cover Stephen King's The Mist on Spike. So when that's done giving me nightmares, I'll actually be heading up both the show Life Sentence and the new Dynasty reboot on the CW. Awesome. See, now I'm kind of bummed about that because I was starting to get into The, the Mist, but then we changed our cable package and now I can't get it. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And Spike, oh, doesn't, no. yeah, Spike doesn't have that thing where you can actually like watch everything online, kind of like you know the CW does and everything else. I'm like, oh, I'll have to catch up on it. Oh well. Yes, I have. Um, I have Sling, so I got lucky and paid the extra for that. But uh, they don't have a deal with the CW right now, so all my shows get watched the next morning at eight a.m. But hey, at least you can watch them. So there you go. I like that. I watch them at work <laughs> sometime. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, anyhow, but we're talking about blood drive tonight but you can find us both on twitter there's an extremely good chance that we'll be live tweeting during the show on wednesday i'm brad zb and sarah you're sarah underscore gene 17 yes just hashtag blood drive you'll find her on there somewhere don't worry it's, it's easy <laughs> to do also be sure also be sure to follow pure fandom to keep up to date with the latest articles that have been posted check out the pure fandom on facebook and let us know what fandoms you're most interested in so, what's this episode about, Sarah? For this episode, we know that Arthur helps a wasteland sheriff free his town, but the line between good and evil doesn't seem to be easily drawn. No, not at all. It's drawn in a knot on an end of a rope, and he's hanging from it, but hey, that's it. Maybe he didn't help the sheriff out the way he wanted him well, to. no, not really. So, this episode starts off, we're cruising down the road, and they get pulled over by a cop. Interesting, they notice that there's no other races around with them also. Here's a hint. You're, you know, traveling in the wild, wild west. 
wild, wild Midwest, mind you. And the cop is driving a uh, nice little Caprice Classic there. Liked it. Very good. Yeah. And just like the old West, if you're going to get pulled over by a cop, they're going to make you help them out. So he sends them off the Red River, which is where they were going originally. At right off the bat, you know, you never trust anybody in mirrored sunglasses. It's never going to end well for you. It never seems to end well at all. No. I almost want to get some just to wear them around, but it looked like a total tool if I did that. So <laughs> not going to make it in. He pulls it off really well, though. He does. So they get to Red River. Unlike any other city that we've seen. Then again, every city that we see is totally different than every other one. So they have a electromagnetic pulse circling the town. I'm not sure on the science on this one, how that works. I'm just going to let that go and assume it works fine. Well, you know, actually funny that they kind of brought this in at this timing. Um, I'm going to bring up another show. Arrow actually had an EMP blast as well. And um, Felicity Smoke had a bio stimulant in her back and the EMP completely took it out. So, I mean, brain bomb, bio stimulant, a little bit of similarities there. Well, but was it really, okay, so they had a blast going on, but from what I was understanding on this episode, this was something that was constantly running in the town to keep the power off. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe it can be one big hit or maybe it's like a constant pulsing. Yeah, sometimes I fail to uh, flow with the science behind blood drive because, you know, if I think about it too hard, it just makes my brain hurt. But Yeah, I kind of try to shut off my logic and just jump in. That is a good thing about it, though. Since they did have the electromagnetic pulse or whatever happened, they were able to get the brain bombs out of their head. Now, I thought that was really cool because that expands this whole thing before because they both wanted to leave the race. And even that, I don't know how they're going to leave it, but we at least got that out so we know they won't have their heads blown off. And the scholar got his off as well. Interesting part oh, in that section. Yes. Uh, the scholar mentioned there was a nuclear-powered car that was sitting there. I didn't check. It looked like a Honda something to me. But in the 50s and 60s, by the way, nuclear-powered cars were a concept thing. For those of you really? who don't know. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, it was. They Well, they're theoretical nuclear-powered concept cars. They didn't actually get made, <laughs> but there was the um, Ford Nucleon. The Studebaker Packard Astral, and there was a French car. Actually, there are two French cars. I'll totally ruin the name. Simclair, Fulger, and the Arabial Symmetric, or whatever it was. These were all concept cars. None of them were actually built <laughs> because for everything that they were talking about, they would have to do like a 50-ton uh, lead shield to save the driver from dying of radiation poisoning. <laughs> so... But it was oh, out there. It was a concept. And somehow this made it possible in Blood Drive, even though the difference in the 50s and Blood Drive is the 50s, they kind of cared about the people. In Blood Drive, they could probably care less. It's just shooting out emissions and stuff like that. So there's your Blood history. Drive fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. There's your history lesson for today. There was a theory that somebody wanted to drive nuclear bombs around all over the place. So this is a section, too, where everybody kind of separates into their own little groups. Since, you know, Barbie didn't all want to have sexy time with Grace. <laughs> How dare he? I know. He just want to go play the cop and do his little thing. 
that shoots. I'm, I'm really, oh, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised that he didn't take her up on the offer. Well, if he would have, they wouldn't have got in any other trouble. Everything would have been fine. Well, that's a good not. point. So, author heads on off to work with the sheriff. We find out that there's another group at the power station who have been attacking everybody, which is the reason for the electromagnetic pulse. I'm still at a loss as to why there was no power in town. Yeah, I didn't really get the answer to that either. I figured it was something, one of those things like, I guess we'll just find out about it later. (laughs) That was, that was pretty much it. So they don't want, they don't want the logic. Yeah. Don't, I, I don't think too hard. It makes your brain hurt. (laughs) <laughs> and and that's just not the smacks talking to you. That's actual brain hurt. So author heads out over to the electrical outlet, uh, electrical station, is let in. And this is the part that really annoyed me about him. Yes, he's being his cop thing, and he's doing everything that he thinks he should. But, dude, you walk in, you're just being told that these people are a bunch of maniacs who are trying to kill everything. Everybody's there. They're all having fun. And there's like kids are walking, uh, watching TV. I didn't see what they were watching. I was wondering, almost wondering if they were watching the slinks because that's oh showing up God. a couple times also. But he doesn't do anything and he just hooks up his little bomb and blows him up and takes out the power cord. The thing with him though is, you know, and I thought about it multiple times, Grace calls him Barbie because of his looks, mm-hmm. but I always kind of think of him as like Bambi because he's so. He's so trusting. Look at all the people that he's trusted since the beginning. Like, I mean, honestly, cop, you know, and Grace is a murderer, technically. And he's just, it's fine. It's fine. He trusts her. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I know. It's the whole thing. I'm just like, dude, use your brain power sometimes, man. Come on. Let's do it. But we had to get to that point anyhow. So this whole thing backfires on him. They end up taking, the sheriff comes in, takes everybody to uh, Red River so they can be put on trial for execution. It wasn't a big shock that he got thrown in jail as well. Nope, nope. He uh, liked to play his typical good guy. He just kind of messed it up from the beginning. Yeah, I can't let you do that. I'm the law. Waiting for him to do that, you know, Sylvester Stallone, I am the law from Judge Dredd, but he hasn't done it yet. (laughs) Maybe maybe we'll see it. (laughs) Maybe. This ends up with author at the dangling from the bottom of a rope, which is I, in between this, we had this real, really neat little timey wimey moment of overlapping scenes and how they shot it with, you know, in each person's view. Cause we had that section where, you know, author shows up and Grace and Slinker having their talk and Slink said, you know, I knew he'd show up, which left me wondering, did he actually know he was going to show up? That's a good question. Because Slink knows everything, which is... Slink, yeah. He's always like 10 steps ahead of everybody. I know, right? He sets everything up. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure where... We know he was alive in 1955, and he looks the same now, and he's had some modifications done to his body. But when did all that start? I mean, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if he's um, similar to Aki in that way, just because he seems to know her mm-hmm. and I don't know, just I, the strange things he can do. Yeah, I had thought about that as well. Is he some type of 
um, Android? Is he is he one of the earlier ones or something like that? But there's also the point, like we had last week, with the old man wanting to kill him, but they could not kill him. So what was so special about Slink that Heart Enterprise could not kill him? Is he, how is he tied to it? That's kind of, that, that question rings out there as well, and I'm sure we'll find out more about that at some other point in time. Oh, I'm sure. It'll have a way of coming back around full circle. Well, they can't tell us everything. they got to keep some stuff secret. So we have Grace is goes out, goes down to find some whiskey, finds an espresso bar. Seriously, an espresso bar. Uh, Ethiopian, was it dried Ethiopian Peabody or something like that? Some, something strange like that. I just thought that it was funny that, you know, I kind of had the same attitude as her. No <laughs> alcohol in a bar. What was that? You lost me at no alcohol. i just she was you know she was very no alcohol in a bar and that's exactly what i was thinking right oh yeah slink shows up he has whiskey those two get to talking and you know she's pretty much destined she's going to kill him and he's like fine does his talking thing now we learn a very interesting thing with slink back in episode one uh, Barbie threw a knife at him and it hit him in the hand, hit Slink in the hand, and he just pushed it out and that was it. And we never really got much more than that. And we found out some other things about him. So when Grace stabbed him with the knife to the table and he pulled it out and he healed, now we know he's a little bit more than like Aki because he is healing. He did have blood, but he has other whatever is in him to heal him. Yeah, I thought that it was strange when Arthur had first thrown the knife. He like he kind of bled, mm-hmm. but not not in the way that you or I would. Right. Yeah, and that's how it was. And with Aki, when she was in the first episode, when the officer was pushed back, and you know she got uh, went through the pipes or whatever, that was all like green liquid or some stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, it's one of those moments of going, yeah, I am not really sure about that. And then when they got into the big fight, which was the fight was always great, she sets him on fire, and then he's just worried about his hat. And it, the fire doesn't do anything to him either. How they're going to kill him or take him out, never know. And, you know, we're just going to go with they're not going to kill him and let him out because – we need him around for a good, you know, 19 more episodes. Or, I mean, 19 more seasons. Yeah, definitely. At least, right? We can just go keep on with the Slink show and just keep following Slink, and I'd be totally fine with that. He, like, he's that one villain that they make you, like, you can't hate him. You no. can't. No, he's he's perfect. He's a perfect, sadistic villain, and he's doing his thing. He has a master plan. He wants to kill Grace, but Hart doesn't want him to kill Grace. So and see, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, so Blood Drive had put up a like a teaser on Twitter saying that you know Slink better get ready because Grace wants to kill him. I don't think I don't believe that either of them are really ever going to kill the other. I think that they like teaming up and they don't want to admit it. I think they'll be forced to team up in the future. 
they'll be the only ones they can go with because he did recruit her to be his battle bitch, and I think that's really going to come back later on. They're going to be stuck, you know, the enemy of the my enemy is my friend. They're going to be stuck in that thing. True, but I think that they secretly like it. I'm oh, just yeah. going to stick. I'm just going to just going to pretend that they do secretly like it. Well, we also saw right there too when they were having a fight that Grace also works a couple steps ahead. Because she took the knife from him and, you know, threw it into the barrel so she could take the knife and save Arthur with the knife. She does always seem to know a little bit more than she lets on. Right. So she's there as well. And that was one of those moments where I'm like, hello, that's interesting. So what does that mean with her? You know, it was, it's, yeah. It was just one she's, of at the, she's at the center of everything somehow and yeah. i mean they're just so concerned with what she's doing and where she is and yeah that's the point that i was making also i mean that's heart knows something more than than slink does which is really crazy because he knows everything and sets everything in motion yeah so i just wonder if she he's she is more connected to heart than she knows about now we did find out that the camaro came from her dad and that's the first mention that we've heard of that. So, you know, that's another family tied down the road. Is there some connection somewhere else that we don't know about? We'll find out later. Do you believe that karma is dead? I, <laughs> I do not believe that karma is dead. However, <laughs> however, I posted this question out there, and it was either Blood Drive Sci-Fi or the, the official one or the uh, – um, Blood Drive season one, one of them responded back to me or it was, it was somebody from Blood Drive who responded back to me and basically said, yeah, karma is kind of like Schrodinger's cat. I'm like, that's perfect for me. I am totally fine with that answer. (laughs) That's true. That's a good, I just, it really like irked me that they'd gone all that way just to be like, nah, she's dead. Yeah, and it was one of those moments where I was like, I am fine with you telling me she's Schrodinger, like she's Schrodinger karma. So she's not alive and she's not dead, but we haven't seen her, so we don't know. She can always come back at a different point in time or not, and we're good. It's I won't kinda, believe she's dead until I see the body. I, see, we'd see, if we don't show me a body, they're not dead. That's it. I still go with that. That's right. I still go with Ripbone, could still be alive, but no, I'm not dying of seeing that. <laughs> I liked him. He was cool. Okay, so who else yeah, we got going on? So Christopher finally decides to escape from Heart Enterprises. He makes it out there by doing the smart thing of taping over his eye so Aki could not see him. That was a brilliant idea. Now that he knows she was watching, she did seem a little concerned that she couldn't find him on any of the channels. Like we've been saying for weeks now that she keeps showing her emotions. When he gets outside... Oh, yeah, she's in love with him. Oh, she's... Yeah, she's making some changes to her programming. When he gets outside, he's only been in there for 10 days because 10 days in the race. Side note, we're 10 days into the race. It only takes two days to drive across the United States. Um, And they've only made it... Interesting. Two- you know, I've, I've really been wondering about the timeline because I'm horrible about paying attention to that. And they only made it to Oklahoma. So there is a Red River actually out there in the Oklahoma-Texas border or somewhere like that. 
And in the sheriff's office, when Barbie was in there, there's a big state map of Oklahoma. So I'm going with that's where they're at. And they're taking the most obscene routes to get to places, apparently. Up and down and up and down. I guess so. But they did say the scar splits the uh, the nation in half. And they don't know. I don't know if they can get past it or not. Because in the last episode, Grace said they needed to get to a big city. And the only big cities were New York and Los Angeles. Which I found kind of weird. Yeah, that was. And every map they show doesn't really give you any idea of where they could go to get around it. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's hidden. So I guess we'll find out more about that probably next episode because we got to get farther along than we are now. Uh, <laughs> Christopher's outside in LA and things have gone drastically downhill in 10 days. The entire city is abandoned. The gangs are running wild. There's some fracking pipes that were going in somewhere they were talking about in the uh, paper. So who knows what's going on there? He gets to the uh, contraband, uh, contra crime station. That's been totally abandoned. Graffiti everywhere. And the gang members come in and he's outnumbered, which is the point where, you know, he takes the tape off his eye as soon as he starts messing with him. Aggie sees him and just goes crazy and takes off running after him. I see, like, I sense such a Grace and Arthur vibe with the two of them. Like, oh, totally. he just couldn't resist being playing good cop when he could have just walked away. Right. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and she, and, you know, like, he knows he's in trouble and immediately, like, the second that he's like, uh-oh, I'm in over my head, his immediate reflex has nothing to do with Arthur, his best friend and partner for who knows how long. It's, I need Aki. Right. I think he's kind of dropped the whole author thing for a while now. The last couple of days, I don't think he's been thinking about that. But, yeah, he needs Aki because he needs his help with that. And he totally forgot his super strength. And, you know, the guard guy, come, I'm, I mean, one of the gang guys come and gets him. And next thing you know, he's got this, uh, the eye needle coming out that was just freaky weird. Stabs a guy in the head, causes him to bleed all this blood out of the head wound. Oh, it was perfect. I what, felt that it was interesting that he didn't know that he had done it. It was a self-defense measure. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, it was one of those. It was it activated because he was being attacked. It was in close range, and it was, okay, self-defense, and done. Or it I, may, it's one of the things, maybe he didn't know how to do it, and he actually did it. I kind of wondered if maybe Aki had forced it along. Could be. I mean, she was surprised that he killed... Um, the sergeant last week because he wasn't that far into his conditioning yet to do that. Right. But when she gets there, she's, you know, immediately they have their moment and she says that she missed him. And that was kind of the big part there. Cause we knew it was coming. I mean, come on. And as soon as Aki said she missed him and they get the loving time going on. Uh, Christopher is quite the man. He, you know, makes uh, the, uh, the autonomous uh, uh, sex machines just go crazy for him. Which, you know, that that is, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Because, I mean, she literally is made for that reason. And he comes along and the eye is changing. Like, I don't know why that's going to stick with me so much. But her eyes changing color. I was like, oh, my God. That's like, that's the moment. That's it. They're like bonded for life. 
Oh yeah, that was totally it. It was as soon as that happened, that's where she did the transition. I mean, after that, she was becoming human. And that's even that's what she said. She was it was a moment for her where there was a kernel stack override <laughs> or something like that that over that, you know, crashed her system and helped her find her emotions because, you know, after when they're having snuggle time after that, she has that uh, she said she was feeling shame and, you know, because she was feeling stuff, a, a, a kernel boot error. That's what it was. I knew how to remember That's that. like, that's the first time I actually like felt bad for her mm-hmm. because they did a, such an amazing job making you think of her as like this, you know, this robotic being that didn't have any feelings or anything that all of a sudden I was like, Oh, poor Aki. Yeah, now they now they love each other, and she's in love. And it's been ten days. That's one hell of a relationship. That went fast. <laughs> I, I for a, half the episode season, I thought that uh, Christopher was in, having Stockholm syndrome. After, <laughs> that, yep, that's true. Well, she did abuse him quite bad. <laughs> oh my god, so bad. The hand or the needle. <laughs> but, <laughs> All and all she needed was saliva. Yeah, that was mm. that was brutal. Yeah, it was it was a lot of brutal for him, Christopher. There, he went through a lot, and there you go. So she's in love with him, and now they're planning to get out of the city. What does this mean for Arthur? What does it mean for anything? The slink tied into Aki because he knew so much about her, or you know, yeah. I feel like it. I feel like it's coming to such a head. Like it seemed like I don't think that it was a slow going show. Not by any means, but like it seems like there was this underlying main idea that didn't really make itself known until right about now. And then the second that it did make itself known, it feels like we're just charging 100 miles per hour towards it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, yeah, totally with you on that. It's just a lot going on. I'm, I see before I was kind of like the Aki Christopher thing. I was like, okay, that's cool. It's going on in the background. And now I'm like, I want to see what's going on with them now. Cause now they're pulling me in that direction as well. Even though they're you, making you feel things. Yeah. Feelings, you know, that's bad. <laughs> and now they'll just become this badass fighting force. that runs around everywhere because she ha- eventually Christopher is going to get a grip on his super strength. I'm just going to hope that they team back up with Grace and Arthur and they're going to be like the fearsome foursome. And then maybe we can add Slink and they can be a fivesome. Wow. That'd be interesting now, wouldn't it? No one would be able to defeat them. Yes. Well, because they were a trio. So if we go over to the Scholar, which, you know, after a little fist bump from last week, yeah. And taking out that was, the gentleman. That was an epic fist bump. It was an epic fist bump. And, it, and that's part of the reason why I don't, Slink doesn't care that he's not there anymore. You know? Yeah. He's he was very with, chill about that yeah. whole situation. He took out his competition. He Not the driver. He doesn't care. It's not, he's not going to do anything. But the scholar finds himself a friend. And they're like, so total made for each other. Oh my God. Yes. And Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really think I'd care about the scholar. I didn't really feel that they were building up his character. He was just kind of there. And then all of a sudden in this episode, I wanted him desperately to, to show that he was going to make his mark somewhere and he was going to be able to have his, you know, actual someone who 
cared about him. Oh, I've been thinking that now for a while in a couple episodes because the gentleman was treating him like crap for so long. I was like, this is going to end up somewhere bad down the road. I was actually concerned that the scholar at some point was going to kill the gentleman and I wouldn't have had any sympathy for the gentleman, but I wouldn't have wanted that to be on the scholar's conscience right. because he seemed to have enough there already. Yeah, exactly. So now meeting Terry, that's the perfect thing for him. They actually fixed everything in the shop because she had a partner too who left. So, you know, they, they were working on, I think it was a 65 Camaro or something like that. Uh, no, 65 Mustang they were working on. Beautiful. Something. There's a well. There was a bunch of cars in that uh, in that episode. Uh, so many. I I generally try to name half of them, but this episode I just didn't have time to do it. So <laughs> there was some interesting stuff. There's a lot, a lot. There's and it doesn't help when you're trying to identify them, and then you've also got like there's so much happening in this episode. Right. Oh, so much. So those two are together. The scholar staying. Uh, he is the new sheriff in town. <laughs> Which just <laughs> killed me to no end. And, yeah. That gets me every time with this little star. I'm like, oh, there was no one else. You, you're the sheriff, eh? Okay, we'll go with that. Fine. I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's not any lawbreakers ever. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the episode, Grace uh, is taking Arthur, who, you know, well, did kill the sheriff, by the way. We kind of missed that. But he also got shot in the process. So she's taking him to the next town there where he can get treated. Slink's standing there. Left you live, right you die. And they turn around. Yes. So would he have let him go? Probably. Is he actually going to kill him? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. That's another one of those things. Like, Mm -hmm. he had his chance. Let's be honest. He could have killed Grace at least 10 times over this episode. Oh, he could have. Yeah, yeah, at any point, and no one would have known, which was the reason why he took him to Red River, because there was no cameras there, and no one would know that she was dead. I just feel like he always has an ulterior motive, and you never know if it's a good one or a bad one. Like, he just plays the sides. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Uh, that's about all I got for that one. You got anything else on this episode? No, that's it. There's Ooh. just, just make, I just want everyone to watch it. Yes, definitely. I did. There was one thing, by the way, uh, uh, Cox Meat Packers uh, ad. Did you see it? Yes. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. I didn't start paying attention to this until like three episodes ago. So I really Uh, need to go back. Was it in? Has it been in every episode? Not that one, but they have, there's the eviscerator. No, the Cox Meat Packers has had something in the last three episodes. Oh, it has? And I, it has been in four episodes that I know of. I can think of two. I can only think of two. Okay. So we had this episode. We had yep. the last episode in which uh, Christopher and Arthur were going through the drive through Yep. And it was a sticker that was on the window. I remember that one. And... In the previous episode, when Dami was having her spa treatment and she was reading the the some magazine, it was on the back cover of the magazine for Cox Meat Packers. And, I did not catch that one. And then, of course, our first one that we saw it in, well, first one I recognized it in, was uh, uh, Pixie Swallows, episode two. Oh, right, right. So there's four episodes. I am convinced that it is in the other episodes, and I just wasn't looking for it. <laughs> it's because... You have to all go back and watch them. Yeah, I really want to go back and look for it because I'm sure it's in there somewhere. 
So there. Now I'm addicted. Now that's all I can think about. Uh huh. Yeah. Now you're going to be looking for it. It's like Where's Waldo of Bloodville, yeah. Blood Drive. All right. So okay, that's all I got. So if you aren't there already, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of the other killer articles posted there. There are a lot of awesome writers over there putting out some amazing work. And if you have thoughts or comments about the episode, let us know in the comments below or hit us up on Twitter or our Facebook page. Stay alive and keep those engines fed. Until next week, check out more amazing content at purefandom.com.